Hey everyone, um, this episode, Alexis is the guest for the first half, uh, Alexis Johnson, who you remember from last week, and my router was being particularly feisty for some reason, we were fighting with it the whole time, there was a lot of technical stuff going on, so this is kind of a compilation of about four or five different recordings, um, so any jumps in phrases or audio quality even is a result of that i don't think it's too crazy but there's some pretty big uh noticeable gaps here and there that's why uh, i don't know what what was happening sometimes technology is just kind of dumb and bad and stupid so that's uh that's why that's happening but enjoy the show um this is real fun and then Ryan and I talk about our expectations for The Mummy, starring Tom Cruise. So that's uh, good too, I guess. Enjoy! What you do in a movie, the end is a little bit ridiculous. I was unsurprised to see that. And it's sweet! Oh my gosh, you guys need to go watch it. It's so good. It's so good. I want to watch it again. start the show hello weary internet travelers and welcome once again to the before and after show uh as always i'm your co-host mj smith i'm your other co-host ryan Buell. and i straight up forgot how to introduce the podcast <laughs> that was I... kind of fun to watch so what happened is i thought we were coming back from a segment but this is the beginning of the show uh anyway so if you joined us last week you heard alexis johnson join us to talk about our expectations for wonder woman and what we've been watching and she's back. So what's up, Alexis? Hi, I'm doing great. How are you guys? Doing well. Very hot and sweaty. It is very warm. <laughs> it's supposed to hit 100 here today, which... Uh, yeah, not... we're hot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not unusual for us to get to 100, but it, <laughs> it has been uh, pretty mild lately, like you were saying about your area. But mm-hmm. it doesn't get crazy above 100 the way your area of the country does. Mm, nope. Yeah, well, last time, last year, this weekend, we had, like, a record 115 high, oh so I'm not complaining compared to last year. <laughs> That's outrageous. Um, so, uh, with the heat kicking in, have you guys been keeping yourselves cool and consuming stuff throughout the week? Uh, Ryan, we'll start with you. Uh, yes. Um, unfortunately, I haven't been watching a lot of movies. Well, no. Uh, technically, I saw two movies this week. It was Pirates. Oh yeah, and, and then and then Wonder Woman. So, right. but we'll get to Wonder Woman later. And y'all already heard my thoughts on pirates. Yeah, you did. Um, <laughs> let's see. I've been watching a lot of YouTube, honestly. Okay. Which is not. Uh, it's not a rich meal, <laughs> as a movie or a good TV show. It's more like just, it's like um, Goldfish. Just yeah. a handful of that. It's real bite-sized. Yeah, real bite-sized. So I've been watching a lot of that. A lot of, like, Good Mythical Morning. I love Good Mythical um, Morning. Just little things like that. Um, my life's pretty boring right at this juncture. So that's all I can contribute. 
Uh, Alexis, you just started a YouTube channel, correct? Yeah, we'll see how that goes. <laughs> um, I just, yeah, I just started one. Um, I got really inspired to do something about living a, a creative life for people who are aspiring artists of any kind, writers, movie makers, all that kind of stuff, or even just people who do things like invention or any other type of creativity. I mean, I am definitely geared more towards film and television. That's what I want to go into and always have. Um, so it's just kind of sharing like my struggles and also experiences to help other people or just advice I have for the journey. Cause it's hard. So there's that. And then there's going to be some fun stuff too. So like the like top fives, like I was telling you or reviews or things like that. So it'll be a kind of a mixed bag about all the creative whatever's that are out there. <laughs> it's Phoenician rises. Um, and you can find uh Phoenician rises.com. My website has all my links on it. So that's an easy place to find it. But the channel's called Phoenician rises as well on YouTube. Um, and then, uh, yeah, what have you been consuming this week? Um, I saw, of course, I saw Wonder Woman, which was awesome, and we're going to get to that. And then yesterday, randomly, uh, my husband and I decided to re-watch uh, 42, the Jackie Robinson movie. We both really like it a lot. Is that um, the one with uh, Chadwick Boseman? Yeah, that has him in it, and Harrison Ford, who is really awesome in it. Um, it's very, it's really well done. I like it a lot. Even though I'm not like a huge sports person, I tend to enjoy sports movies if they have like some kind of inspirational something to go along with them. So yeah, we liked that. And then I've been reading, um, speaking of creativity, a book about Christian artists or just being an artist and a Christian by Madeline Engel, who wrote the Wrinkle in Time series. And the book is called Walking on Water and so far really, really good and inspiring. And that's it for me so far. <laughs> nice. I love Madeline Langle. She's great. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So this is a really good book that I recommend. Definitely. Yeah. I'm super stoked for Ava DuVernay's uh, oh, Time. I love that book. Yeah. I'm really excited. Um, and Chris Pine, who's in Wonder Woman, is also going to be in that too. And I am so stoked. So. Yeah. Yes. What have I been watching? Um, oh. The other night, um, shout out to Jeremy uh, from a couple of the film groups that were a part of Alexis. He mm -hmm. decluttered by selling some DVDs, and I ended up with The Fugitive and The Exorcism of Emily Rose on mm -hmm. uh, Blu-ray and DVD, respectively. And my wife and I sat down and watched The Exorcism of Emily Rose. It was the first time I had seen it since I saw it in theaters. Uh, and it's still great. Um, it's, mm -hmm. man, it's so good. It's Scott Derrickson, the guy who did Doctor Strange and Sinister, um, directed it. And I really like that movie a lot. Um, not really a horror movie. Uh, no. I don't know if you guys have seen it or not. Uh, oh, yeah, I like it. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's man, it's so good. It's more of, well, I, I jokingly called it on Facebook Law & Order Spooky Division uh, <laughs> because it's it's straight up a courtroom drama. Like, at its heart, that's what it is. And then there's some, like, supernatural stuff that comes along with it, but it's it almost feels like, not in a bad way, it almost feels like an afterthought to the actual courtroom stuff that's happening yeah um and i just I, I really like tom wilkinson as the priest in that movie i think he's amazing uh i like him anyway and laura linney's great i like her a lot as an actress uh and i don't know it's a really 
Like, if it weren't for The Exorcist, I think it would be the best movie about that subject that's out there. Mm-hmm. Um, I really liked it. I think my wife was maybe expecting more of a down-the-line horror movie, and so she was kind of... She liked it, but she was kind of on her phone by the end of it, and I was just like, "It's so the drama's so good in this. <laughs> and I think she was like, where's all the spook, spooky times? <laughs> um... That's not to say it is without them, though. Uh, the the actual exorcism is really intense, and um, what's her name? Jennifer Carpenter? Is that her name? I think so. Mm-hmm. Deb from Dexter. Uh, she's great in it as Emily Rose. She doesn't have a ton to do outside of hanging around and being possessed, but she, her physicality is really good in it. I know, obviously, some of it is effects, but uh, she she does some... It's a really physically demanding role that she has and uh she's really good in it that was actually my introduction to her mm. um she was in that yeah, same year yeah she was in that in quarantine i think in the same year or a couple years later and those were the first two things i saw her in that's about it really uh <clears throat> i've been playing a digital card game on my android called uh oniram that is really addicting and frustrating and I love it and hate it all at the same time. And I, it's, it's really fun. It's like solitaire with a theme pasted onto it basically. And it's great. Uh, it was free. I don't know if it's still free on the iOS and the play store, um, the iOS app store, but it's, it's a lot of fun. Um, I don't think we watched anything else. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. Okay. We're going to transition into uh, our top five for this week. Um, Our top five this week is our top five favorite movie heroines or screen heroines, I guess. Um, Everyone kind of forgot until the last minute that that was going to be the thing. Uh, So um, Alexis, I know you just had one. Correct. Yeah. Uh, I'll let you guys go first though. (laughs) Okay. Okay. So we'll, we'll do our five through four and then Alexis will join us for our number ones. Um, so Ryan, what is your number five movie heroine? My number five movie heroine, uh, uh, is, uh, Ripley from the, uh, Alien and Aliens. I do not count the third or fourth one, because <laughs> those are horrible, horrible movies. Um, yeah, Ripley, I think she's, a, a, a very fascinating heroine. She starts out as just kind of the scared, terrified runaway, and then by the end of the first one, and then actually by the end of the second one, she kind of becomes this well-known badass, you know, so that's about as simple (laughs) as it gets for me. I just think she's a good character. Yeah, she was probably my honorable mention. Um, My number five, her heroine definition (laughs) is maybe a little loose uh, because she does end up being a villain, but my number five is Vesper Lind from Casino Royale. Oh, yeah. oh, that was so, that was one I thought of too. Yeah, <laughs> I love her. I love Ava Green. Anyway, I think she's great. Um, I think she's a really good actress, and uh, she holds her own against James Bond, which is always uh, those are always the best uh, Bond Bond girl performances are the the ones who kind of are in step with him. Um, and she she's arguably the best one at that. Um, her whole arc is great. Um, like I said, her heroine status is probably a question mark, considering she's pretty selfish at the at the end of the film. Hmm. Um, but she definitely has, you know, her story has a beginning, middle, and end, which is 
more than you can say for I think a lot of the Bond women. Um, and her chemistry with Daniel Craig is great. They yeah. they work really well on screen together. I'm the money. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man, <laughs> I love that movie. I love that movie top to bottom. But yeah, she's great in mm-hmm. it. So Dusk Berlin is my number five. Uh, my number four is uh, Princess Leia. Oh, yeah. Um, kind of the classic heroine, the one that uh, did not, I think, was one of the first to kind of break that mold, where she could go toe-to-toe with Han Solo and back-talk to him, and just kind of a, a great character through the original trilogy. A little weird in Force Awakens, but that's I blame that on the drugs. Um, but yeah. Yeah, uh, I mean, what's what else is there to say about Princess Leia, man? She's, yeah. yeah, she's going to be missed, man. Mm-hmm. Oh, gosh. Um, my number four is probably the most recent one on the list, I think. Yeah, it's uh, Isla Faust from Mission Impossible Rogue Nation, oh, yeah. Rebecca yeah. Ferguson's character. Mm-hmm. I really like that movie anyway, but she is what makes that movie for me, you know? When I go see a Mission Impossible movie, I kind of know what to expect uh, with all the Tom Cruise stuff. And um, not that that's a bad thing. I like uh, 1, 4, and 5 quite a bit. But she was... She's incredible in the movie. I think she's super underrated. I think it's a really overlooked performance. I felt like it should have been a star-making turn for her. Um, I was, I'm surprised she hasn't been in like a lot of stuff since. Uh, I... Yeah. I, I love that character. I think she's this great balance to Ethan Hunt's kind of ridiculous stunts. Mm-hmm. Um, she brings, like, she she grounds the whole affair as those movies get more and more into the Fast and Furious realm of ridiculous. Um, I really hope she comes back because I'd like to see those two characters work together yeah. um, in the future. And she's relatively new to the scene, as far as I know, and... To be able to hold your own against, you know, someone as established as Tom Cruise is saying a lot. Um, so it's, it's a good performance, and the character is super well-written and great, too. Mm. Number three. All right, my number three was is uh, Jennifer Garner's character from the TV show Alias, uh, Sydney Bristow. Was oh, yay! She, played. Um, she, I remember growing up watching, going through that whole series, and just loving her character. And to me, that was, even though it was about spies and it was about espionage and all that stuff, it kind of was a super, not really super, it was a hero story. And mm. that her character got put through the ringer pretty much. It's only five seasons long, but each season something more terrible than the last happens to her. But she just kind of keeps coming back swinging and almost strong, very much like a daredevil type of character, if mm. you will. You know, no matter how many times she got beat down and, like, your father's your uncle, whatever weird twist got thrown. That never happened. Just like, <laughs> okay. whatever weird I was going to say, <laughs> Whatever weird <laughs> twist happened, and there were some strange twists in there, um, she would, you know, she would always come back. And I always, I thought that was a cool, she played it really well, too. Her career since then, I haven't, I don't think it's gone very far. Like, it seems like and no disrespect to her, it seems like now she's just known as Ben Affleck's ex-wife, which yeah. I think is unfair, because I think she's a really good actress, so I, I want to see her come back in, in better roles. Um, but yeah, her, her character from Alias, classic love. Yeah, Alias is awesome. One of my favorite shows. I've never seen it. Oh, it's so good. J.J. Abrams, right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. a baby Bradley Cooper is in it. Yeah. That was the, that was the first series I had ever seen him in. Yeah. He was, that was my introduction to Bradley Cooper, is what I meant to say. 
Um, <laughs> my number three is The Bride from Kill Bill Volume oh, 1 That's it. another good choice. Yeah. I, uh, You're smart man. Kind of spoilers. This is one of two Tarantino heroines that are, made the list. Um, she's so great, man. Just her whole story is really good. Uh, from the get-go, like, not only are her badass credentials bona fide, but, like, her whole motivation is great. Like, trying to get her daughter back. It's a very, um, you know, she it's, it's honestly just, like, extreme maternal instinct. And uh, I really like that. I love her showdown with Bill at the end. Just, mm-hmm. you know, it's more of a war of words because Quentin Tarantino did it than anything. But um, watching those ideals clash and watching her rebel against what she once held dear is really interesting um <clears throat> and try to break away from that life and seeing what happened as a result of that and then still deciding like no i'm not going to let you take this away from me too like you've had everything else mm-hmm. um it is you know a gory revenge tale for yeah. sure but it's it's really well told and uma thurman's so great in both of those movies um the first one is the bigger actiony one, and the second one is the more um, motherly drama kind of. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she's great. She excels at both of those things. Um, yeah, the bride is great. <laughs> she's awesome. Yep. Uh, number two, Ryan. My number two. A um, little bit of backstory into this. So I was homeschooled. Surprising about thirty percent of you. Um, <laughs> and in homeschool, the way I would get out of doing homework is watching musicals and bbc dramas okay uh with my mom if this is getting a little strange you trust me it, it gets better um and one of my mom's favorite series i guess you'd call it miniseries that she would watch all the time was bbc's uh pride and prejudice mm. grew up watching that i would watch that to get out of doing homework years later kind of grew to like it and it's one of my wife's favorite movies and now i watch it on a almost regular basis with her. All that to be said, uh, my number two uh, would have to be uh, Elizabeth Bennet from the Pride and Prejudice series. Uh, having watched the character and actually having read part of the book, I still haven't finished it. I really admire the the character that Jane Austen had created in Elizabeth Bennet. Um, very headstrong, very she knew what she want, and very, but what I admire admire the most about her is extremely intelligent mm. and i love the dialogue that she gives back and forth and like the kind of the witty repartee if you will um so yeah all that boring uh, answer i'd say uh, elizabeth bennett specifically from the bbc version is that the colin first you... version yes where are you gonna yeah, say you get a lot of points for choosing elizabeth <laughs> thank you Whew. yeah my wife would be pleased with that too i have not seen that version it's good. You just need to dedicate about six hours of your life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the, I love the film, the Joe Wright film, too. I like I like pretty much multiple versions of Jane Austen, but I think the film is more digestible for people than um, unless you're a diehard fan, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Um, my number two, right? We're on number two? Uh, yes. Okay. <laughs> my number two is uh, probably going to come as a surprise that she's not number one. But my number two is Sarah Connor. Ooh. Yep. Uh, from the Terminator films. Uh, specifically, Terminator 2 is when she really comes into her own as the heroine of the story. In the first one, she's more the 
the audience conduit like she more like she has to adjust to what she's being given um when kyle reese comes back and is basically like hey your son's gonna save humanity also there's a murder robot after you and she's she's got to play more of this like what in the world type of role in two she's accepted her fate and not only accepted it but leaned into it and has chosen to protect her son at all costs um and thus the future um and also terminator 2 is basically a perfect action film so uh it's 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 really good it's more it's the first one's a horror movie the second one's an action movie so you get to see a lot more of her in action um you know there's car chases and uh her wielding shotguns and grenades all over the place and we i just just think her transformation over the two movies is really great um you see her as kind of this she's not helpless but just like confused person in the first one just trying to make sense of all of it and then in the second one just being like this is my job now you know Mm -hmm. this is this is what i have to do um and uh, she's great and not like the character's not lame the movie's not lame she's awesome like sarah connor is i think besides maybe ellen ripley one of the best uh probably the two those are probably the two most iconic yeah um you know when you think of a movie heroine they're probably the first two that pop into your brain but i like my number one quite a bit but so so we'll get to that um ryan number one number one all right uh so this uh is a role played by claire danes uh from a movie that uh it's not an action star if you're thinking that i don't know if she's been in any action movies um i can only think of one claire danes role right now so really which one uh juliet nope okay (laughs) not that uh from a movie again another one of the movies i grew up watching and and still love now uh, little women um. uh the character of beth march which probably seems like an odd choice because she's not exactly an action star her she's got a rather small part uh in that story but i always have loved that character even above you know joe bennett which is obviously kind of the the main star of the book and the movie um but i really uh i really admire beth march because she is pretty much dying throughout the whole story, but she faces it with such um, grace and dignity, and is also, in the story, being very devout in her faith. Hmm. Uh, and I love the scene between her and um, the crazy actress lady. That I, the, her name is escaping me. She plays Joe Bennett, but I can't remember. Winona, you mean Joe March? Winona Ryder? Yes, thank you. Yeah, that one. Uh, Winona Ryder. <laughs> Um, the scene where, where Beth is actually dying, I love the inner, the exchange between the two of them Mm. where Joe's kind of at this cross point in her life and she's looking at her sister facing death and she faces it with just such kind of grace and dignity and then die. You know, it's a real sad scene, but it's my, one of my favorite scenes in the whole movie just because Claire Dane just did, she brought it in that just very quiet moment. Um, so yeah, Beth March, Little Women, if you haven't seen that. I've not seen that. It's good good stuff all right four points good Good variety of choices yeah yours was i feel like much more eclectic than mine um i grew up in a pink house you did grow up in a pink house that's true uh my number one um is another quentin tarantino one and it's shoshana from inglorious bastards oh yeah she's so great 
Oh my gosh, I love that character. I love that performance. I think that character, the way he writes that character um, is just so, she's so strong and like she has this, you know, horrific thing happen to her at the start of the movie. And when we catch up with her, she's just kind of running a movie theater and like that's her life. She escaped from that. And as this trauma re-enters her life, um she decides to not only confront it but defeat it mm-hmm. <laughs> um which is you know i think a really good message uh once again kind of in a very violent way she she chooses to do that because it is quentin tarantino but um just the way she is the catalyst for all the other events around the movie is great um you know that actor guy comes into her life and then the premiere of the movie is where the bastards show up to blow up the theater and she decides to burn it down with the nitrate film um i think it's great she just and and the the scene of her getting ready to the david bowie song is Mm -hmm. amazing and Mm -hmm. her scene with londa in the diner is so like tense and um like kind of grimy on his end but you like really respect shoshana in that moment for not uh giving in or like giving showing showing that she recognizes him or you know just breaking down do you think he knew who she was i've always wondered that because he plays it a little bit like i I know who you are i just want to tease you a little bit like he plays it it could go either way i haven't given too much thought of like i feel like i feel like my opinion would change every other time i watched that movie Mm. you know what i mean i yeah i kind of feel like he doesn't 100 percent know mm. um because he doesn't have an end game with having the premiere at her theater yeah you know he doesn't he doesn't have that we see at least he doesn't have this goal of we're gonna have the premiere at the theater and she's to Speaking as the character, just so you know, if from his point of view, he, she's the Jew that got away, right? He's yeah. the Jew hunter. Um, but it doesn't seem like that's his ultimate goal. It seems like his ultimate goal is just to screen the movie and boost the morale of Germany at the height of the war. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and he he almost, at the end of that first scene, he almost begrudgingly respects her, you know, when he says the au revoir, Shoshana, like, you got me, you know, you, you got it. You, yeah. you won, you outsmarted the Jew hunter, which is not something that usually happens. Um, so I don't know, man. That's a good question, though. I don't know. Alexis, do you have an opinion on that? Oh, I don't know if he would even know really what she looks like, because mm-hmm. when she's running away, she's, like, covered in blood and dirt and stuff, and he doesn't really see her face. So I don't think he could just guess that some blonde lady just happens to be her. But I think there's, because because he is the Jew hunter and because he's very um, analytical and all this other stuff, I think he was probably, the, the reason why you get that impression maybe just because he kind of has to study every person he comes across with suspicion. So I think because he is looking for Jews to exterminate, that's his end game. So I think he kind of, does that with everyone. I think he's a kind of person who pulls a Sherlock Holmes as far as like studying other people, reading other people. So I think it's just more of that. And because he's so good at that, that it comes across maybe that he might be figuring it out, but I don't think he would know for sure that that was her. Yeah. It didn't get a good enough look. I think 
Yeah, mm. that makes sense. Um, well, uh, the grand finale, Alexis, who is your favorite movie heroine or screen heroine? Okay, well, this this is a choice that of a person who's only in film, as far as I know. But Evelyn, um, well, soon to be Evelyn O'Connell from the Mummy movies, uh, Rachel Weisz, not the third mm. movie, which is garbage, but the first two. I like, even the second one I like, but the first movie's so good. But I love that character. Like, I wanted to be her when I was younger. Like, she was one of my idols. Just because I was always into archaeology a lot. I really love history. And she was living the dream life as far as, um, you know, being running a library, essentially, and mm. having that intelligence. She's extremely intelligent. And she kicks everyone's butt in that movie with just with her knowledge and with her skills. And I love that she really proves herself without being like, She's not really out to do that. It's not really like an agenda for her. She's just being herself. And I think that that subtle feminism is really what I look for in female characters, ones that don't really feel like they have to make a big show out of it. Um, I love that about her. And then she doesn't even need to anyway, because she's so awesome that she outsmarts everybody anyway. But I really love that character. She has a lot of grace and she's also very believable, just she makes a lot of goofy mistakes or she's clumsy and things like that. And that's stuff I could relate to as well. But, you know, it balances out with the fact that she's so well-read and intelligent and knows a lot about her field. And, um, yeah, that's basically it, is that she just really stands out. She's really different from other women you'd see on film. Mm. I really love yeah, I love that movie. It's so good. Yeah, me too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> every, every character in that movie is great. They are. They are. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, thanks. That was fun. Uh, we are going to transition now into our talk about Wonder Woman. So, Wonder Woman. I'm so glad you did that. Uh, headed into the movie, I think we were all kind of pretty excited. Um, that's what we established last week. Um, to touch on it, it's the now fourth movie in what they're calling the DC Extended Universe or DCEU, um, which is DC's answer to the MCU, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And uh, the first three were met with uh, much derision among a lot of people, um, particularly Batman v Superman and Suicide Squad. Um, I think Man of Steel has more fans than detractors, uh, or at least people who think it's okay to great. Mm. Um, Whereas Batman v Superman is the opposite, and definitely Suicide Squad is. And so... There was a lot riding on this movie, I think, for fan expectations. Um, It's the first time this hero has been given a theatrical release movie. Um, You know, I think a lot of people saw it as maybe the last hope for the DECEU. Um, Even though Justice League is coming out later this year, for sure. Like, they've already spent the money to make it, basically. Um, But... The, there was actual excitement surrounding this one, whereas I don't think we're going to get that even when Justice League comes out, even though Wonder Woman has been getting generally positive reviews and is part of the Justice League. I feel like there's going to be no buzz for that, for that movie when it comes out. Um, so what did you guys think of Wonder Woman? Alexis, we'll start with you. Oh, I loved it. Loved, loved, loved it. That's nice. my short version. Okay. <laughs> Ryan, what is your short version? Uh, confused. Uh, I really, really liked it. So, Alexis, we'll, we'll unpack it, and then later we'll get into some spoilers. But, um, Alexis, what, what did you love about Wonder Woman? Oh, 
gosh. Well, there's not really just one thing um, because there's a lot of things. I'm Yeah, I'm actually uh, drafting a, a post about it now, really digging into the themes because the themes were my favorite part about it. Um, I think, well, of course, I love the character. Like I, like I mentioned in the last podcast, she totally just radiated all those qualities that I was hoping to see on screen. Um, she was just amazing as far as just really uh, honing into Diana's strength and also her uh, purity and her, her gentility towards mankind and her willingness to just do the right thing because it's the right thing to do and not really hem and haw over logistics, even though that's not always, that doesn't work in the world of men, but I love that it doesn't matter. Like she still does what she's called to do, which is to be a hero. So I love that it's just very straightforward in that manner and that she also had a very multifaceted character who had this really beautiful innocence. Um, and if even if she comes across as naive, which anyone would who has never been in the world before, it, it, to me, it was more like a beautiful thing. Like when she sees the baby, that was like one of my favorite parts. And she goes, oh, a baby. Like it was so great because it's so natural, like exactly how um, she would act seeing things for the first time. You know, I, I really thought it felt totally organic. But that's I'll just go with that for now because there's way too many things to dive into. Yeah. Uh, so, Ryan, why are you confused? Um, I'm confused as to my feelings towards the movie. Uh, I'll say up front, it was not a bad movie by any stretch of the imagination. I think it was a good movie. Um, I'm confused as to my feelings because literally the movie ended. I was with my wife. She loved it. She looked at me and I just said, I don't know how I feel. Like I literally, I'm not quite, I wasn't quite sure. I'm still not quite sure how to process it. Um, so let, let's start with the good things. Um, uh, I agree with, I totally agree with Lexus. I think Gal Gadot, is it Gal Gadot? It is. Gal actually. Gadot, okay. Uh, I think she did an amazing job as Wonder, Wonder Woman. I think she captured the character perfectly. I loved the innocence, and I loved the, the, all the wonderful things that came with it. Um, uh, Chris Pine, great job. So Steve good. Trevor, he was kind of the... So old, good. Yeah. He was the audience, you know, newcomer to the world, and his reaction was the audience reaction. Um... But he did good. I think all, I think all the actors did great, uh, except for uh, the main German officer guy, Danny Houston. Yeah, I've never liked that actor, mm. and I still this this role did not change my mind. Um, didn't think it was a a, a great uh, good performance. Uh, Doctor Poison was all right. Um, I didn't feel like there was enough time given to their characters. I mean, I, I know there's a lot going on, so it would be almost. You need two movies if you wanted, like, everyone to have an origin story, so that's a ridiculous thing to want. But I just... This movie... One thing I can't see clearly, because this is the one thought that I had. The Wonder Woman, I think, suffers the same thing that almost all superhero movies suffer, which, to me, is a, a, a poor villain. Mm-hmm. Uh, even though we did get Ares at the end, it just, to me, lacked the punch it needed to. I, li- I even like the actor they got, and the switch. I actually called that switch... After they introduced the guy, I was like, "Oh, really? Oh, yeah, I knew it. I knew he was Ares because I was like, he's a big actor. Well, he's a big kind of maybe not in America per se, but yeah, he's it's a British sm- big, yeah, British big. <laughs> so yeah, I thought, what? How ridiculous if he's just like, I would just be, I would just do the small little part. I was like, no, he's he's a bigger player. 
Uh, and if it, if Ares was that other actor I didn't like, I then I would have really disliked the movie because that's just yeah, not good. Um, yeah, my review is not going to be great because I'm still processing. I need to watch it again actually. And I think I I think I'll love it the second time. I think you will too because yeah, it's happened to me. Like I hated the Two Towers when it first came out. What? I hated, I hated the Two Towers because oh my god. I know I'm I'm, I'm running so much hatred. I get it. Um, <laughs> but I, I hated it because it diverged so much from the book mm. and they changed, they changed one of my favorite characters, Faramir, like not just like what he did, but like his character, I hated it, but watching it again, putting that aside, letting the movie be the movie, I, I really enjoyed it. So I think that's what'll happen with Wonder Woman, seeing it again. Um, but Yeah. <laughs> So I really, really liked it, and I think I'm one viewing away from loving it. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I, I thought all the performances were great, like uh, with maybe the exception of Danny Houston. He wasn't as strong, but he also wasn't in the movie enough for me to really get. Oh, so is he the guy that plays He was the, the German. German. Okay. Yeah. Um, the Chris Pine is great in the movie. Gal Gadot is great in the movie. Mm -hmm. Chris Pine and Gal Gadot together are great in the movie. Um, <laughs> they're... So, I know this is Gal Gadot's movie, but there are so many little things about Chris Pine's performance, too, that I love. I really want a gif of him being bemused by his own foot uh, when he's in the... When he's in the, the, the little the pool hot spring. Yeah. yeah. Oh, wasn't that hilarious? I, that was so I loved it. I was like, that's such a great little weird subtle thing. I loved his goofy uh, German accent. Um, that was fine when he got into the party, but was for some reason super cartoonish when he was trying to sneak in and he had the pipe. Uh, <laughs> <clears throat> I loved when Sammy, the guy who wore the fez, and oh, Wonder yeah. Woman were talking in different languages, and he was just like, Okay, so we're done now. <laughs> um, I thought he was great, and I thought he was the perfect audience conduit, like you touched on, Ryan. Um, but I also really loved that it was basically two fish out of two fish out of water stories. Yeah, Chris Pine being introduced to this world of gods and islands full of women, and Wonder Woman being introduced to the realm of man. Um, Chris Pine had it much easier as far as pulling off his performance than Gal Gadot did. Gal Gadot owns this role. Like, mm. it's outrageous how much she embodies what Wonder Woman is and stands for. And, I mean, it's, it is, I totally understand the Christopher Reeves comparisons now. Because I feel like Christopher Reeves embodied that, you know, the truth, justice, and American way that Superman was known for. I think Wonder Woman, or Gal Gadot, embodies that in wonder woman um but she has to pretend like she's seen things that she knows exist mm. as a person as gal gadot for the first time so the scene with the ice cream i loved oh so good yeah well yeah, everything I, she did yeah <laughs> uh, something as as a as a comic book nerd i did appreciate all the th all the sources they pulled from because mm. that scene is actually in a comic book Really? It's from Justice League, uh, blah, blah, blah. It's from Justice League, like, issue three, uh, when they relaunched it with the new 52. Okay. Uh, that particular scene, which I, th I thought was a sweet nod. Um, and I love that they pulled both from uh, George Perez's run on Wonder Woman when he relaunched it a while ago, 
and a little bit from Brian Azzarello. Uh, they did answer the question about the different origins. Yes. She was both, they told her she was made from clay. I thought it was a little vague, but it's pretty much said that Zeus is her dad. Although yeah. They didn't specifically say that, so I don't know if that's officially canon or just, hey, I made you. Or... They did. They said. Uh... No, it is. They said it, yeah. Okay. Because yeah. she'd have to be to be a god killer. Yeah. So. Um, yeah. So I thought that was a good move on their part. Uh, and having Ares be the main baddie in it, I thought, well, that's good. That's that's fan service. They did a lot of really good, but subtle fan service. Yes. Not overt, like, this is a moment for nerds, and this is the moment for, you know, like, it was it was yeah. subtly done, which I thought was good. Um, but, yeah, I, I just, I don't, I don't know. I, th- I think you're one viewing away from loving okay. it, Pam. I, I hope so, because I, I really wanted to. I, I Like, last podcast, I had high expectations, so. Yeah. Um, so, Alexis, what, did you have any uh, problems with the movie? The only the only thing I, I thought was, I would say, like, eh, kind of poorly done was the thing with, um, see, I don't even remember his name because, yeah, he was hardly in it with Danny Houston's character. The thing about, um, I know that um, Dr. Poison made him that stuff to, like, restore his strength. Yeah. And I know that was part of, like, we were talking about this in the Feeling Film Group. Like, it was kind of part of the red herring to make you think, oh, maybe that's Ares even though she just says restore your strength, but it was just kind of weird for her to just randomly make him a vial of stuff that does that. And I know that these characters kind of have like a weird relationship. That's kind of um, questionable, I guess is the word. So maybe she just really has a thing for him and did that, but I feel like they weren't really clear about that. And I think they could have been clear, easily been clearer about it. Um, And I know they wanted to have, yeah, a red herring or something to detract from the real Aries. And that makes sense. But I think they could have just done that in a different way. Or he didn't even need that to be, to come across as like this severe person who could be Aries, you know. Yeah. I think it was just weird. That I could have done without that, without that weird poison stuff. But um, but other than that, I mean, not real. Oh, yeah, maybe I kind of wanted to know how they got into um, Themyscira during the the ship battle because... You know, at some that makes me think. Well, then how? Why don't more people just stumble in there throughout history? I mean, the ships have been around for thousands of years, so like, why did just then? But then I thought maybe it was because of what Wonder Woman did with her powers, like just seconds before when she was or whatever when she was fighting. Oh and yeah. Everything up. I thought maybe that like did something to their protection because of her goddess powers, and then that's how they got in. But they didn't really explain that. So I would have liked more explanation of, like, how these guys got in, but, like, nobody else in the however many hundreds of years has gotten in. Because that just seems weird and random that it would just suddenly happen. Yeah. But maybe I missed something. I think I need to watch, I need to watch it again because anyway, but just to catch those little details and see if I missed something. I wonder if, well, see, now at this point we're just fan theorizing. <laughs> this is not yeah. in the text of the movie, but I wonder if it's almost this fail-safe from Zeus that he put into the cloaking to alert them when Ares was back. Um, oh, that's good. But that's we true. don't get that in the movie. Yeah, like, yeah they don't tell that. Yeah, there's nothing in the movie to necessarily suggest that. It could be a deleted scene or something, but that's the only thing I could think of. There was quite a few scenes I thought were not quite logical It's sense. true. There, like, there's a the few scene, leaps the... that are kind of weird the but the scene that ticked me off is actually where she uh Ares has revealed himself she's got the sword stabbed up on the roof and she's down here looking at him she's staring at him 
and she goes to reach for her sword, it's not there, and the scene cuts away, comes back, she jumped back down with a sword, and I'm just like, so he just stood there, yeah, and, and he's watched just her be like, standing there. wait a second, let me get the sword, and come, it's like, um, what? Yeah, and it was a bad cut. It was that was a bad edit. I was, will definitely yeah, say yeah. it was just a bad edit. I think if it wasn't such a like a stark cut that you wouldn't maybe have felt that way because you it wouldn't have been as noticeable. But since it was so noticeable, I noticed it. Of course, yeah. Uh, yeah I think it was just like, oh, that's weird. Yeah, I'm with you. <laughs> yeah, I, I super agree with what you said about the Doctor Poison strength gas, like. It doesn't super make sense, uh, and I don't know if they could have just omitted it or explained it better. He, like, doesn't really use it ever. He smashes a gun and then is able to fight Wonder Woman for a little bit until he doesn't. I think that was the reason they did it, so that it could be plausible that he would stand at least for a few seconds yeah. against her. But to, I, I thought it was a stupid thing. I thought, well, screw the poison. Just give that to all the truth. Yeah, right? Like Captain America, that shit is. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and then... Uh, yeah, that's a good idea. I, I think they just need to explain that then, because I, I could see how that could work, like you were saying, to give him a fighting chance, but it just was not explained at all. And then I thought the CGI was whack in this movie. I thought it was really bad. Um, mm. That's It's not... It, it was really bad, but it didn't detract from all the stuff I liked about the movie. I thought the movie worked really well thematically and as a character piece. Um, there were some technical stuff like that that I didn't enjoy. Like the, I thought the CGI was really bad. I thought some of the camera work was like it was the editing was really ch choppy in some scenes. Like it just seemed like there were a lot of cuts in certain scenes. Mm. Um, that was just kind of people standing around talking, and it was like, well, why'd you need like six cuts in that that scene? Yeah. Um, I liked. I thought the movie slowed down a lot at the climax, which was weird. Yeah, and okay, so. This was another thing. So she breaks into the base, into the movie, having a fight with the main general on the top, but none of the soldiers noticed. Am yeah. I the only one that noticed that? Like, there was no, like, I got you guys running around shooting, like, they just had their own little intimate moment up there, and even when the guys broke in, like, the base was not alarmed, and to me that thought, that doesn't make logical sense. Shouldn't someone be shooting at her, like, that's up, you know, how, you know, yeah, it's in a watchtower. Yeah, watchtower, lights all around. Nobody saw that. So. Well, weren't um, but wasn't her team down like distracting them too at the same time? That's what I thought. I'd have not, to watch again to make sure. Not so really. they, they were, were like they stealthing were in, in. Yeah, they were just infiltrating. Okay. Yeah, they. Were that's really... kind of the impression I got, but I don't know. Yeah, maybe not. I don't know. I don't remember. Um, I did think it <laughs> was a little too long, maybe. It's two hours, 21 minutes. And by the end of it, I was like, okay, this is getting a little long-winded, <laughs> you guys. Like, uh, I like spending time with these characters and in this world, but let's wrap it up maybe a little bit. Um, <laughs> there's still a lot going on. I remember the guy in front of me checked his watch or checked his phone. And I looked at the time and I was like, holy crap, there's 40 minutes left in this movie mm. when they were getting to the gala. Mm -hmm. And I was like, wow, that's, there's so much movie left. Yeah. Um, I but, liked that it was long, personally, because I think it needed it. Because of, especially you couldn't really buy them being in love if it was yeah. shorter, I think. But yeah. I thought the, the gala scene between her and the, the red herring, if we will, mm -hmm. I thought that was really weird. 
I don't think that scene was... For me, that scene was not done particularly well. Like, he comes up to her, and they have this conversation, and he kind of reveals a lot and says a lot of things to this random woman who walks in. <laughs> and I just thought, well, yeah, that moves the plot along, and it gives you, quote-unquote, tension, but why is this happening? <laughs> like, to me, the prob- one of the problems that I can clearly say is I felt like there was a lot of... Um, uh, is it the term illogical inconsistencies like certain things like okay you, I can forgive it's a superhero movie sure you the rule of cool certain things are going to happen but it happened quite a bit maybe maybe that, that, that maybe that was what I can pin it on like I'm willing to forgive like why did that guard turn away that doesn't, you know but it seemed to happen pretty consistently in the movie and I think that was that might be what my main problem was with it yeah, I actually, I'm inclined to agree with that. Um, one of the things I told a friend is that it works like gangbusters thematically and as a character piece, yeah. but the narrative is kind of messy. Um, but the other things are so strong that it kind of makes up for the, the weakness of the narrative. Yeah. And I think that's what yeah. second viewing for me will probably, the, the thematic stuff I think on a second viewing will come out more so I can overlook all that other stuff. So that, that's what I'm hoping. Yeah. What do you think, Alexis? I agree. I mean, I wouldn't say I, someone said that they're like, it's not like they're like, it's wonderful. It's good. It's just not flawless. So don't expect that. But I think exactly what you said, like there is some weird things in the the plot story structure or whatever. Um, but yeah, the, the themes in the character driven um, story are what really stand out. So that's why I, I mean, I gave it five stars was because I was so, and for me, that's more just like because I loved it so much. I mean, I don't expect anyone to agree with me, but I it's because I've been waiting and waiting for um, a film of this nature that would actually do that. Because a lot of times uh, Marvel movies are pretty good at this. It just it's kind of hit or miss sometimes with how deep they go with their themes. And I feel like things could always go deeper in that department. And I, I love that, especially in the last part, there was like a lot to think about yes. and uh, about humanity and that's mostly what I'm going to write about when I write my post is all the themes all the characters it's it's Diana's spiritual journey in a sense of like becoming who she's meant to be as Wonder Woman and I think that's what matters the most so yeah like you on a second viewing I think you will absorb that more and like also um, yeah it's not so much that it just makes those other mistakes okay it's just they're not as important because in the shadow of those other things, you know, they're just lurking in the shadow, I guess. I agree. And I think for as messy as the narrative is, I think the narrative does serve the themes of the story really, or the themes of the piece really well. Mm. Um, so mm-hmm. on a, to use the $20 million word of the day, on a semiotic level, it actually works really, really well. But uh, like how it's about the things that it's about works but as far as a traditional storytelling thing, there's a lot of like, what? Okay, like what? Okay, I don't. I guess that happened. Um, the yeah. ending isn't that great. <laughs> uh, the action scenes are cool, but I thought they used too much ramping. Um, mm. The like slow mo, and then it's fast three hundred style. You can feel Zack Snyder's yeah hand in that a little bit. Yeah. Um, oh, I I love the action. I thought the action was so different and graceful and beautiful it was very like ballet like and i think for me like a lot of people didn't like the slow-mo i did though because i want to see the intricacies of those movements 
um, I enjoyed that because I've never seen fighting like that in a movie because it was women mostly. So it was mm-hmm. really different. That's my, that was my take for Anyone it. Anyone see the, but... du- the dude Amazon on the horse? No. There was a dude. There was a stuntman? There was a stuntman. Clearly a dude. That's oh, no. I hilarious. Yeah. That's, I'm, I'm That's sure. pretty funny, though. <laughs> what in the, is it when they're on the beach? It's, it's when the, the, the Germans arrive on the beach and the horses come out. Like, mm-hmm. or no, no, it wasn't that. It was after the fight and Queen Hippolyta is going up, her sister's dying. And I was looking at all that. I, thought, I was literally thinking, I was like, oh, how cool. They got, like, all female, you know, stunt horsewomen. That's a weird sentence. Anyway, and I looked, and I was like, no, that that's a dude. Man, that's uh, that's really funny. Um, I really liked her mom, whose name escapes me, and Hippolyta. Mm-hmm. I really like those characters a lot. I want a Wonder Woman prequel that's the battle, the first battle. Yeah. Uh, I thought the way they told that story was great. That was a oh, that was story. so beautiful. So beautiful. I loved it. Yeah. The Renaissance art come to life. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I think last thing that I, I would like to touch on at least is the main spoiler, I think, for the movie, um, which is spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. If you haven't seen the movie, spoilers. Um, <clears throat> Steve Trevor dies. Mm-hmm. I, this is going to sound really weird to say. I loved that. Um, I really. Oh, I did too. When I, I thought saw, I expected it. <laughs> see, I I wasn't sure because there were. I had two thoughts about it because I was like, well, one, if he doesn't die, um, then you have to in either Justice League or a future movie address that he died at a certain point. But that feels too much like Captain America and and Carter's yeah. Agent Carter's storyline. So I didn't really think about he would die in the war. Like I didn't. I I'm so used to so many characters being plot safe in these superhero movies mm. that that uh, that I didn't think about him dying as part of the war. And then when it started kind of going in that direction, like as soon as he said, "Is it flammable?" I was like, "No way. They better commit to this, or I'm gonna be pissed." And as it started going more and more that way, I was like, they're going to do it. Like, they're going to commit to killing this main character, uh, this main side character in this movie. And that's great. Like, I felt like it lended so much weight and stakes to what was going on. Um, I really liked I really liked how it served as the catalyst for her, like, her spiritual journey, like you said, Alexis, um, really coming to fruition because she thought back about what he was saying when she was deaf or temporarily deaf uh, from the explosion. But I thought it really worked well as a companion to that scene that they had on the watchtower where he was trying to convince her to save humanity. And she was like, they don't deserve this. Mm-hmm. They don't deserve me. And... Um, I really, I really liked that scene in general. I thought Chris Pine was great in that scene. Um, but seeing how that was like his sacrifice is what had her flip on that um, was great. I thought that was, like I said, it, that all worked in service to the themes, which are the main, to me, the main takeaway from the movie. Yeah, I agree. I loved, I loved that scene. I love that they didn't initially let us hear what he said to her that it came back later was so much more poignant. Um, I love that. I mean, I kind of figured he'd have to die because a, yeah, to push her forward into her journey as wonder woman. But also um, I don't think 
I think it was the best way to show because she and Steve are actually quite alike, like a lot alike. And um, I think it was the best way to show the light and the darkness. And that's the whole, like she opens up with that, like, you know, the whole that there's darkness in man. Then the end, she wraps up by saying that there's light in their darkness, you know, that they, they're kind of together and that's, and that light's worth fighting for, you know, cause Steve isn't, you know, he's a human being. He's not a perfect person, but he chooses like her to do the right thing just because it's the right thing to do. And I think that was just so significant. And, um, if he, if he hadn't have died, this movie wouldn't have meant anything yeah. to be honest. Like yeah. I loved it so much. I agree. And that's the thing is superhero movies never kill characters. Uh, and, I'm starting to get tired of that, actually. Mm. Like, I think MCU needs to start hacking heroes left and right. Oh, they will. Infinity War is going to be a bunch of death, so yeah. they will. Yeah, but <laughs> um, there just hasn't been, like, a major meaningful character death that stayed dead in one of these. So, um, outside of yeah. the parents. Uh, and uh, <laughs> so, yeah, I, I thought I thought props to Wonder Woman for that. Um, Brian, what did mm-hmm. you think of Steve Steve's death? Uh, I thought it was good. I was, uh, I kind of expected it, um, but it did, it did serve as like what you guys are saying as the catalyst for her seeing, you know, someone sacrificing their lives for the good of others. Um, I figured it was either going to be, they're going to kill him at the end of the movie or no, I I knew that was probably going to happen because the other way is she kind of watches him grow old and then die, which is almost more tragic. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, It's kind of like, it's like the bandaid analogy. You can either rip it off or pull it off slowly. And I figured they're going to rip the bandaid off. Um, yeah, my, sorry, my thoughts. Yeah. Pretty quick on that one. Um, do you guys have anything else to add about Wonder Woman? Uh, not yet. (laughs) So better think about it. Yeah. Like you said, I'm processing. (laughs) Yeah. That'll, that'll wrap it up. Ryan, please go see it again. Because I I think, I I think, I think you'll love it. Um, I think maybe also in light of this conversation, you'll pick up on some more stuff. Yeah. Um, so that'll do it for this section. Ryan and I will be right back to talk about our expectations for The Mummy. Um, Alexis, thank you so much for joining us. Um, this was fun. Thank you. It was great. I'm really glad I got to be on a podcast about this film. So yeah. thank you. Yep. Um, so where can people find you online? Uh, best place is Twitter. Uh, handle is at Phoenician Rages. Um, that's P-H-O-E-N-I-C-I-A-N rises at twitter and my youtube channel also the same name phoenician rises so um hope to see you there yep and your book is coming out uh very soon yeah within a month so pretty quick but i'll have all that info on twitter as well okay sounds good uh go buy alexis's book and subscribe to your youtube channel (laughs) and uh thank you again for uh being part of the show alexis it was cool thank you both um yeah (laughs) we'll be right back Thanks again to Alexis Johnson for joining us um, in the first half of the episode. And now for the much less positive, I think, second <laughs> half of the episode. Are you seeing this one with me, Ryan? I think so. I think I'll try and catch a okay. showing. Okay. So, uh, yeah, I don't know where to start with this one, man. So this is the expectation section for The Mummy, starring Tom Cruise. Crow Russell Crowe and Sophia Batella, I think is her name, who was in something. Oh, she was in... Um, was she the legless girl mm, from the... Kingsman. Kingsman, that's yep, right. Yep, she had the blade legs. In Star Trek. 
Oh yeah, 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 yeah. She was the she was the the new addition, right? Yeah, yeah, she was the new addition to the team. Uh, she's been popping up a lot. Yeah. Oh man, I just got a little more hopeful because I really liked her in that movie. (laughs) Anyway, so this movie is ah, is this the official kickoff? I think so. I think it is. So this is the official kickoff to what Universal Pictures is describing as the Dark Universe. And the Dark Universe is basically League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. It is all the Universal monsters and heroes teaming up to fight something. Uh, We're unclear on that so far. What we do know is that the mummy is the start of it. Tom Cruise is playing someone we don't know. Uh, Russell Crowe is playing Dr. Henry Jekyll. Mm-hmm. Um, Je- Javier Bardem is going to be playing Frankenstein's monster. Johnny Depp is going to be playing um, the Invisible Man. And <clears throat> between now and Dark Universe coming out, we're going to get a Bride of Frankenstein movie. And I think that's it. I don't know if they've announced any other ones. Is it all hinging on how well this one does? Or... I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> Cause, cause, so here's, here's, here's the thing. I don't want this to happen at all. <laughs> um, but I don't know. Everyone's trying the shared universe thing. Uh, Ryan, what do you think about the shared universe thing? Is it been detrimental or is just well, is it can it work but marvel's just the only ones who have figured it out um i think Mar- well, marvel is definitely the pioneer in it i think uh, to a certain extent um I, th- I think it's a bit of trend chasing because uh, marvel's doing it but i don't know dc's DC's trying. Well, no, DC's trying to break the mold, which is one of the reasons it's not working. Right. Um, and I, I, I really, unless something crazy happens in the next few movies, really kind of redeem that. I don't see DC really recovering from that. As much as I want those movies to be good, because of the offset, I think it was a bad start. I don't really see it getting any better. Nodding um, vigorously. Nodding vigorously. Yeah. Um, with this, uh, we. The kid in me thinks, oh, it'll be kind of interesting, you know, <laughs> monsters getting together. The storytelling, like, good storytelling in me is just kind of like, this just seems like a money grab. So the acting and the character study and the story are probably going to be secondary to big exploding and jump scares and, look, Dracula and Van Helsing are in a movie that, you know, doesn't suck. Um, yeah. So, if it, but it's been getting a lot of good, um, not reviews, but it's been getting, I think, a lot of good coverage. Like, the trailers have been out, like, hype for the movie is out. How people feel about it, I don't know. I think, um, that's that's a hard one. Yeah, I, I golly, man, it just seems like such a cash grab you know yeah. like it just seems like get some familiar faces in there slap them together just just a movie yeah. uh, um it comes as uh, so one i don't think this is going to work because i think the actors are far too big mm-hmm. i think the tom cruise as part of a shared universe come on 
Yeah. Come on. He's not a stranger to franchise work. He's got Mission Impossible. They just announced Top Gun is going to be a franchise. Oh, it have they? Mm-hmm. Oh, good they announced a sequel. Um, Why? Which I'm actually fine with. Uh, yeah? Depending. Depending on how it goes. So, this movie is the kickoff to all of that. Mm-hmm. And my big hang-up with it is, one, it doesn't look very good. Two, it's directed by Alex Kurtzman. Now, Alex Kurtzman is one half of the Kurtzman Orky or Orsi uh, writing duo mm-hmm. with such hits as The Legend of Zorro, The Island, which I like, <laughs> um, Mission Impossible 3, Transformers, Transformers 3, the first Star Trek movie, Cowboys and Aliens, Star Trek Into Darkness, uh, Fringe, and apparently he did the screenplay for The Amazing Spider-Man 2. Okay. His scripts are bad. <laughs> um, <laughs> they're, they just, they lack any sort of real depth to them. Okay. Um, they're very workmen. They kind of basically follow a formula. Yeah. Um, he's a very formulaic guy, which is not necessarily a problem. But I think the execution of his scripts has maybe been pretty bad in the past. Mm. But I think it may have also been because the script wasn't the best to begin with. Those movies were all hits. They all made a lot of money. I enjoy some of them. I like the first Star Trek a lot. I like the first Transformers a lot. I really don't like Revenge of the Fallen. I really don't like... um... Oh, no. The third one. The second one is the Revenge of the Fallen. I really don't like Star Trek Into Darkness. Um... So we'll see. From what I've seen of The Amazing Spider-Man... Or Spider-Man Homecoming... I'm not super into that movie script. Um, mm. So we'll see. He's got a story credit on this and a screenplay credit on this. It's his first time directing. He was originally supposed to direct. I think he was originally supposed to direct Star Trek Beyond. And he got kicked off that project. Mm. Um, so that doesn't seem great. Not um, really. I don't like Mission Impossible 3. Um, <clears throat> and a lot of that has to do with the script to that movie. Mm. And so I just, I don't know about him behind the camera. I love Tom Cruise. Yeah. I love Tom Cruise probably more than anyone else I know. Um, yeah, uh, I don't know. Ryan, how do you feel about Tom Cruise? I, I like him. Yeah. Um, I think he's a great actor, full stop. Like, not a great action movie. I think he's a great actor. I think he's turned in great performances. Uh, Collateral is one of my all-time favorite on-screen performances by any actor. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll see anything with Tom Cruise in it. But, man, I just don't know about this one. It yeah. looks rough. There's... A, have you seen the TV spot where one of the skeletons breaks through the window of the truck and is attacking him? No, I missed that. This thing starts attacking him and he goes, Hey! My face! Hey! That's my face! Like, as the thing's attacking his face. And I was like, yeah, I can I can see, man. Thank you, thank you for the direction. I wasn't aware. Yeah, it's... I don't know. And then... Well, we'll get into it in a minute. Uh, Ryan, what are you expecting out of The Mummy? Uh, I'm, I don't really know what I'm expecting out of it, because, because I have no real vested interest in, like, the classic series. Like, I love the first Mummy movie with Brendan mm-hmm. Fraser. Same. I love that one. I think that was a classic one. This one just seems like another attempt at a blockbuster, probably without a lot, probably without heart. Um, like, the trailers alone just make me think, oh, it's another popcorn flick. Mm-hmm. Could be good, could be not i'm leaning more towards not 
Because when you chase trends, you're not setting them. Yeah. So you're not original. I agree. And I and think that's what this is going to be, probably. So part of these trailers for the movie have been really bad. They've mm-hmm. been really poorly edited. There have been some sound decisions. I've seen that one. That, are made, that have really exacerbated the problem. The scene where he's the plane is crashing and he screams. It's is, just him screaming. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, it's so terrible. Yeah. But then, even crazier, in the second trailer, this is going to be a kind of a deep dive, so uh, strap in. So in the first movie, we see there's a scene on the plane and they see a swarm of birds headed for the cockpit of the plane. And Tom Cruise, there's a close-up of his face and he goes, what the hell? In the second trailer, there's a scene where they're running through the streets of Egypt, I guess, and there's this big sinkhole and they're standing on the edge of the tomb that contains the mummy. Yeah. In that second trailer... They took the audio of him saying what the hell on the plane and put it over that while he's staring into the tomb of the mummy. But we see him from behind. So they're trying to sell it like he says it in that part, which movies do that all the time. Trailers do that all the time. They put audio from different parts of the movie over a part that it's not in in the trailer. But in the first trailer, we saw him say it. So we know, like, people who go to the movies regularly know where that audio was coming from in the context of the actual movie. Yeah. That is insane. In that same trailer, they did the classic rock song in a trailer trend that's happening. Yeah. And they chose Paint It Black by the Rolling Stones. But it's only like 15 to 30 seconds of the song and none of the actual lyrics. Yeah. It's just the instrumental. Yeah. So I don't know why that's a thing. Yeah. And then the craziest thing. This is the craziest thing. The scream he does on the plane is in the trailer twice in that one. Yeah. Uh, there's the the scene where he's on the plane, and then he gets attacked by rats later in the trailer, and they chose the same scream to put over him being attacked by rats. And I was like, are you kidding me? Seems like laziness right Oh now. my goodness. I can't imagine. Um, that being said, I'm very excited to see this movie because it sounds like it's gonna be all kind of stupid yeah i think so i i do not like irony um i think i think irony is bad and dumb that's why steven spielberg is my favorite director he is the least ironic person who's ever existed um and i don't like ironically watching something i think that's a disservice to the art but every once in a while, <laughs> there's a thing that comes along that I have to experience ironically. And The Mummy this year is it for me. Like, I am seeing this movie purely to see how wacky it is. And that is it. And I honestly hope it's full on crazy. Yeah. Um, if it's not, I won't be that surprised, but it will be a bad movie. If it is crazy, I'm going to ironically love the crap out of this thing. <laughs> Uh, man, Tom Cruise looks really bad in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love Tom Cruise and basically everything else. So what, what is your theory on what is going on with Tom Cruise in, the, in this movie? In this movie? Because they're playing it up like there's something happening with his character. They released posters yeah. of, uh, they released four posters and two posters say sometimes it takes a monster and that has Tom Cruise on it. Mm-hmm. And then it says to kill a monster. And those other two posters have the mummy on it. 
So they're hinting at there's something going on with him. What do you think it is? Uh, honestly, I haven't given a whole lot of thought, but I know you have some good insight, so I'm just going to rip off of you and you can... Okay. Uh, <laughs> or if you just want to say it. Um, I think you made a good point where he is he might be the real mummy, mm-hmm. but he has to fight her, or possibly the, the werewolf. The wolfman, yeah. The wolfman or something, because obviously he keeps living and not dying, but she's still obsessed with him for some reason. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I think I think that's a, that's a fun premise if he is the other monster, because that would fit with this world they're trying to create, a monster versus monster. Right. Um... But how well would we pulled off? See, again, to me, it's just, it's going to be such a shallow movie. Yeah. I'm not really going to care. They can yeah. all die, and yeah. I'll just be like, oh, okay. I'm going to go watch a movie that I care about the people in it, you know? Yeah, I agree. I think that, I think he's going to be the wolf fan. Yeah. That's my guess right now. I do think they could also do a thing where he, they're like, you're the of the bloodline of the Van Helsings. Oh, he's like actually Van Helsing. Mm-hmm. That I think, makes sense. They would, he plays the hero type, so mm-hmm. why not that? Yeah, so I think that could be a thing too. I think both of those are actually pretty decent ways to get that universe together. Yeah. Um, so I'm interested to see where that portion of it goes, but as far as like the rest of it, I do not care. Yeah. Uh, I just, I can't imagine the shoot on Dark Universe is going to go smoothly uh, with Tom Cruise, Johnny Depp, and Russell Crowe on the same set together. I I feel like Russell Crowe is going to beat up Johnny Depp. Like, I I just feel like they're going to get into a fist fight. Do the actors like each other? I don't know. I have no idea. As far as I know, they haven't worked together. Um... But Russell Crowe is known for being kind of a volatile gentleman. Yeah. And, uh... Johnny Depp can get there, I think. And so I just feel like they're going to clash. I feel like there's just something about those two guys that is going to bump up against Too many bulls in the... Yeah, I think so. They're Like, all three of those guys are kind of alphas, if you think about it. Like, the types of roles they play, you know, they always pretty much get top billing and whatever they're in. Um, I just think... I think this maybe this Dark Universe could work. Because there is... There is an argument to be made that Universal pioneered the shared cinematic universe. Because when these movies came out, they crossed over all the time. Frankenstein and Wolfman had a movie together. I think Wolfman and Dracula had a movie together. Hell, Abbott and Costello met Frankenstein. Mm -hmm. You know, there there were crossovers amongst them. They never coalesced into any big overarching narrative, which is the trend now. But they definitely popped up in each other's movies. So, the ground floor is there but i don't know if that's what they're going for yeah. i don't know we'll see man yeah we'll see do you have anything to add about the mummy uh no i mean <laughs> my my expectations are pretty just kind of if it's great awesome if it's not i could care less at that point that yeah that's sense. the thing as an actual movie they're pretty low as an ironic watch they're pretty high and yeah. i think i might be disappointed on both fronts yeah. still i mean if there's some sweet monster fighting like I'm, I'm down to go and have some nostalgia kick you know what i mean yeah so that's the thing is the i thank you i've been trying to remember this the whole time we've been recording the segment this is the main point i wanted to make about these the trailers are really schizophrenic in their tone because they're selling it like an action movie, but there's stuff in there 
that if they would have re-edited the um the trailers to play more like a horror movie would have been genuinely creepy yeah um like those skeleton things are really creepy that yeah. scene of them like swimming in the water is like really creepy yeah the part where she pops up the part where like she pops up it. is like really creepy yeah. but they're all played like action beats they don't yeah. have these like quiet moments and then a music sting. It's yeah. all just like and like that's that's the soundtrack that they layer under these scenes. And it's like why these should be these quiet moments that build into like ba, and then that's like that's the music for that scene, and it comes as a surprise to the audience and the characters. It makes them underdogs, which makes them easy to root for. Mm -hmm. And it creeps out the audience. And if you're going to have these monsters in there, they should be creepy. Yeah. Like, monsters should be creepy. Yeah. And there's, I don't know, there's a lot of enchantress going on with the look of the mummy in this one. Mm -hmm. Although the actress is much better, so uh, hopefully she'll do a lot better. But we'll see. I don't know. Um... You, if you want my impression of action movie scores as a ringtone, let me know. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's I, that's really all there is to say about The Mummy. I feel yeah. like it's going to be a movie. We'll see it. And I'm never going to think about it again. Uh, it's I feel like I'm just killing time between Mission Impossible. <laughs> <clears throat> um, so that'll do it for this episode. You can find me on Twitter at MJSmith891. Uh, you can find my writing at keithlovesmovies.com. We're doing top 10 lists of the year so far this month. Top five best and five worst movies we've seen this year so far, which I'm pretty excited to write. Uh, and every member of this, the writing staff over there is doing that. So go check that out. You can find my news writing at wordofthenerd.com. Um, I just wrote about Injustice 2 over there, I think. Something, something like that. Um, <clears throat> no, what did, I just wrote about something. Oh, I just wrote about the newest uh, short to promote the next season of The Avengers Assemble for the Disney version of The Avengers. Oh, they've got the cartoon? The cartoon, yeah. Oh, that's yeah, still yeah. going? Yeah, it's oh. a, they're going into their fourth season. It's going to be Secret Wars. Oh, nice. Yep. <clears throat> um, so you can read all about that. They're releasing. So what happens is the Avengers go missing and six new people come. And so they're doing these short, uh, these like four minute shorts to introduce all six new characters. Mm-hmm. And the first one they did was... Uh, Miss Marvel, the Kamala, uh, I don't remember her last name, the Middle Eastern one. Oh, yeah, yeah, the, the one that's really, really popular. Yeah, 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 yeah. So um, that's the first one. She fights a giant frog and then goes to Avengers Tower for her first day of being an Avenger. <laughs> um, it's down. super weird. Uh, so, yeah, I just wrote about that. And then um, I was on Hey, What You Watching cast. Uh, so that was that was a thing. Uh, I plugged that last week. And I was on Real World Theology. Um, where Alexis writes, and uh, yeah, I talked about Passengers there, and then on Hey What You Watching, I talked about several movies that I really enjoyed, actually. I had a good movie watching week that week, um, which was good, and I think that's it. Uh, Yeah, Um, until next time, go watch Good Mythical Morning, because I like Rhett and Link. (laughs) They're great. Makana-san. <laughs>